You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Matt, who you can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Good afternoon, Matt. Afternoon, Kev. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. I had a nice weekend so far, and we've got a great great show today, a great day lined up, so I'm in a really good positive mood. I've got my Eagles hat on, which might be for a reason. It might not be for a reason. You'll have to uh, stay tuned to find out. But yeah, how are you feeling today, Matt? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm struggling a little bit of a, a chest infection, so I will apologise now if I, if I break into a coughing fit. I'm going to do my best to mute it and and avoid the ears for all for all the listeners. But yeah, on the whole, doing really well. We've got a great show coming. I wish I got the memo. I'd have put my New York Giants hat on, and then we could have uh, could have had a lot of fun with the the amazing mm. guests we've got coming on. But apart from that, yeah, doing doing really good. Thank you. Brilliant, Matt. Thank you. And you'll know that obviously Ali's not with us today. He's uh, he's got some family business to take care of, but. Uh, as part of the show, we are using Ali's content to to help uh, keep the the show moving smoothly. So we'll get to speak on behalf of Ali, and we'll try not to be too nasty to his selections <laughs> on today's show. Um, but that brings on nicely to uh, the charity streamathon. If you want to just give uh, the audience a little bit of a reminder on that one, Matt, please. Yeah, so the 21st of May, we've got as a second edition of the, the Charity Streamathon. We're going to be doing 16 hours of Dynasty Talk, raising funds for a great, chores in, a great cause in mind, um, a charity that helps support people that are suffering with mental health. And obviously, it's a, it's a cause that's really close to a lot of people's heart with everything that, that's been going on in, in recent times and everything. And we had a great success with it last year. Um, obviously, looking forward to doing it again. We're getting close now. Is it three weeks to go? Um, yeah, yeah, just over, just, yeah just over three weeks ago. So really exciting. Looking forward to it. I'll say I've got some great guests coming on. And uh, yeah, the donation page is, is open still. If, if you can donate, really would appreciate if, if, if you can go over there and donate. Um, the link's on our link tree at, at Fantasy Wildcard on Twitter. You can find it on there. But yeah, looking forward to it. It's uh, it's getting close now. Indeed. And uh, speaking of amazing guests that are coming on the Streamathon, our guest today is actually on the Streamathon as well. So um, we, we already know it's going to be an amazing show today. So we thought we'd we book this, uh, we book our guest twice actually to, to, to spoil the audience as such. But yeah, we've got an amazing show today and we welcome on a true legend of the Debian Dynasty community. Um, she's a co-host of one of my favourite shows, UTH Podcast, and a lady whose allegiance has a shorter race. Some eyebrows actually supporting both <laughs> the Cowboys and the Patriots, two of the most... Uh, uh, talked about franchises that have plenty <laughs> of rivals of their own so we want to give a, a warm fantasy wildcard welcome to the amazing katie flower who you can follow on twitter at ff underscore skylar 399 good morning katie how are you good morning hi kev hi matt i'm doing great and uh thanks for that great intro uh i will give a little bit of a quick history if you don't mind <laughs> I, I who's gonna ask yeah we, we need to know I grew up in New England, so I'm a Patriots fan by heritage where I grew up, but we didn't get to watch them on television. I'm a child of the 70s, born in the 60s, and so the Cowboys wow. were America's team. They were on my we, – we had two TV stations. They were on every Sunday, and I got to watch them more than I got to watch my Patriots in the 80s when I graduated from college. Then I started to be able to get mobile and be able to drive down to Foxborough and watch some games live – and 
Uh, I always love both teams equally. In fact, the only Super Bowl I've been to was Cowboys against the Bills, the 93 season. That was Emmett Smith's holdout year. They lost the first three games without him, but they went on to win the Super Bowl that year, and I was there. Perfect. That's amazing. Fate. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. It's, um, yeah, just really interesting, obviously. I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. Matt's a Giants fan. You're a Cowboys fan, so... Uh, if you're an NFC East fan, we got the three. Uh, <laughs> we got the three real teams in the NFC East. Yes. The other one yes. doesn't even didn't even have a name until this year. Oh, I love that. Throwing a bit of shade already. That's great. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, on today's show, we've uh, we'll be completing a pre-draft rookie mock draft with our guest Katie. She'll pick the odd numbers as well. Cowboys, we're picking the even numbers and alternating picks. And what we're going to do is uh, a rookie draft based on twelve team super flex non titan premium. Obviously, Ali's not here, but we are going to do our best to um, sort of fill in his picks, give him a bit of stick, um, and <laughs> hopefully get a reaction out of him when he listens to this as well. So, as you're doing the odd numbers, Kate, we'll kick off at the 101. Who's your pick? Well, even though it's super flex, and I know a lot of people are of a different mind, that you have to take a quarterback, you have to take a quarterback. You don't. Quarterback is so risky, and especially this year. So, I'm going to go with the number one the best profile, Brees Hall, running back out of Ohio State. I mean, Iowa State. Sorry, why did I say Ohio? Uh, <laughs> Iowa State. Um, he had almost 4,000 rushing yards in three years with 734 receiving yards. So he's a he's a two-way back. He could be a true bell cow in the NFL. I think he is clearly the 101 above anybody in this format. Yeah, he's a, he's a really interesting guy, is Breezal. He's, he's mine and Matt's 101 as well. So a consensus pick, like you mentioned, I think he's such a safe prospect and he's got massive upside as well. A lot of people have him in their top top eight, top six. I've seen people have him as high as top three in startups. So, um, yeah, no, no arguments for me. Perfect pick, mine as well. Um, any additional thoughts, Matt? I mean, you've nailed it, Kevin. We, we, we've got him as the consensus RB1, and I think he's clearly the, the 101, even in super superflex formats, like Katie said. Um, I just think the profile that he's got, everything he's got everything going for him. He's absolutely crushed it at the Combine. That's just boosted his profile even more, even after all the production. And and Katie, I know you're you're more into the Debbie than, than maybe myself and, and Kev, but this is a guy that, that everyone's been excited about right from his freshman year. Obviously, with, with Bijan Robinson being, being spoke about a little bit more, we've kind of forgot about how great Brees Hall is. It seems he's, he's slipped people's minds. But as I say, this this past offseason leading up to the NFL draft, he's proven what an athlete he is. The production's there. He's, he's just got everything going for him in, in going for him and yeah I think he's, he's the clear 101 no matter what what format you play him and Matt you just hit something on the head that is completely wild but I've noticed in Debbie kind of like in rookies in dynasty the closer a Debbie player especially one that you followed since they were freshmen the closer they get to actually hitting the NFL the less shine they have and the more shine guys like Travion Henderson yeah. and uh, Braylon Allen and Bijan Robinson, because they're newer and younger and sleeker and whatever the case may be, they're the shiny new toys. So people are kind of a little bit tired of hearing about Brees Hall, but now's the time to get excited. He's about yeah. to get in the NFL. He's going to hit your fantasy roster finally. <laughs> exactly. Do you think he'll end up going round one, Katie? If he doesn't, he's going to go early round two. And I don't think round one draft capital for a running back matters as much anymore. Yeah. Um, he's not a top 10, not a top 15 type of guy like some of the ones we've had in the past, like Jonathan Taylor. 
but he is going to be an every down starter in the NFL in my projection and whatever team gets him, they're going to love him. Indeed. I think we're all in agreement on that one. And the next pick was Ali's pick at the one Oh two. So we'll do our best not to butcher this for Ali, but I think it's probably all of our consensus pick as well. It's Malik Willis, the QB out of Liberty. I think the, the, uh, the upside is tantalizing, but I'll, I'll let you lead off Matt and give us your thoughts. No, I think Ali was right going for this pick. It seems to be between these two guys in, in super, super flex formats. You're, you're either going Brees Hall or, or Malik Willis. And yeah, it made sense that he went here. This is the guy with, with the most upside out of all these quarterbacks. In, in honesty, it's, it's quite a rough quarterback class. There's People aren't getting, getting too excited about this class, but Malik Willis is the one that stands out with that rushing upside. Um, the, the things he's able to do with the ball in his hands is, is just as brilliant as what he can do in, in terms of throwing it. And when that comes to fantasy, that's what we all crave, that that rushing upside. So um, while he is slightly risky, we, we still don't know where he's projected to be drafted. When when this all started in, in the beginning of the offseason, people were saying he, he might even struggle for day two draft capital. Now it's he's a lot for, for, for round one, but now he seems to be sliding down a little bit. Everyone was saying... Um, the Lions would be looking for him super early in, in pick two, but he seems to be settling down more to maybe that around that 10th range, that 8th to 10th range, where we, we find those teams that need quarterbacks like Carolina and, and maybe the Steelers. So, um, yeah, I think that this was the, the obvious selection for Ali. It was hard for him to to get this one wrong, so I can't give him too much stick. But, um, yeah, really excited for the potential upside of Malik Willis. Yeah, I'm good he got this right as well, to be honest. I would have liked <laughs> to give him a bit of a, a bit of grief now that he's not here, but... Um, yeah, he's he's got a fantastic profile in terms of the Konami code, the rush upside. He's not as polished as a pass for some of these guys, but it's, it's the rushing upside we want. The early round one draft capital is going to give him a secure job as well. So um, I think he, he actually fits favourably with a lot of the rookies last year. I think in my eyes, he's, he's going pretty similar to those guys or should be in startups depending on um sort of where it goes but i think landing spot should be fine whoever's taking him round one's going to play him so just want to get your thoughts katie in terms of malik willis if you compare him to last year's uh, qb draft class where does he fit for you versus guys like lawrence fields lance uh... he'd be a qb6 in last year's class I, i'm not that impressed at all with this year's class yes he is an athlete he is one of the best athletes we've seen at quarterback come through in a while but rushing upside is just that um, he you still got to be a passer of the football. If you want to keep your job, you look at guys like Tim Tebow, M Marcus Mariota, guys that are running quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, guys that are running quarterbacks with very little. Uh, you know, he had two years at Liberty. He was two years at Auburn, sat behind Bo Nix and then finally transferred. So he's really only had two seasons. His INT to TD ratio, 48 to 18. Uh, that's not that great his average yards per attempt 8.6 the adjusted yards per attempt 8.6 you want to be in the 11 something range to even be considered really uh very as a break, possible breakout his rushing 5.8 yards per clip was is not bad but he's not a running back and yeah you're going to get fantasy points for that but at the 102, I'd much rather have the guy that I took at 103. Um, I do not like this year's quarterback class. I think if we look back to 2013, that's as that's about a similar type class as this year. Was that the EJ Manuel year? Yes, it was. Oh my God, we're in trouble then. <laughs> we're in big trouble with this QB class. Now um, I can see the I can see the allure, and I I watched him at the Senior Bowl. I've seen him live in the rain. You know, he's got a 
fairly strong arm, but not everybody works their tail off like Josh Allen did to become a supreme passer. He had, Josh Allen had footwork issues. His coach had been after him all, you know, his whole time as a Wyoming Buffalo, and he never did anything about it until he got to the NFL. Guys don't change overnight. It takes a lot of work to overcome the bad habits or to overcome no habits. And he's got to really want it. The biggest thing with quarterbacks is between the ears. And that's the part we don't know. So if he's got it between the ears and he can really uh, catch on quickly, then the sky is the limit. He's got juicy upside. I just have real hard time buying that at one Oh two. Indeed. High upside, a high risk pick, I guess, Mm. but, um, coming on to the next guy, you teased him a little bit with uh, uh, you, you suggested who it might be then. Kay, who's, who are you taking at the 103? I am running to the podium. I'm going to grab Kenneth Walker, <laughs> uh, 5'10", 210, started his career at Wake Forest. Then he had a really outstanding year in 2021 at Michigan State with 1,600 rushing yards at a 6.2 yards per carry. His receiving chops weren't really tested. He only had 89 yards last year, 136 in his career. That's his big blemish or question mark going into the NFL draft. If he gets uh, round two capital, he should be everybody's 102, 103, even in a super flex. I'd I'd take him over Malik Willis. Um, Guys like Jalen Hurts have that huge upside but can't pass. And yes, he's fantasy right now, but is he going to have a job in a couple years? So give me the running back that could could be a bell cow. He's the only other running back that has the chance of being a complete package like Brees Hall. But like I said, his biggest question mark is the rushing or uh, the receiving score. Yeah, you've uh, you, you may be a Cowboys fan, but you've come on and you've give Hurts a bit of grief. So you're, I'm a fan <laughs> of yours for that because I'm also not massive on Jalen Hurts. Um, but yeah, Kenneth Walker, this would have been my pick as well. I think it's it's. 100% perfect to with my thinking as well that uh, again he's safe the fact that he's not got he's not shown the receiving upside is one thing I don't think he really had the opportunity you've got to think back to his time in college his final season he was averaging 23 touches a game uh, 22 rushes and round about one reception a game so to expect him to carry that much workload on the ground and then also get five or six targets it's it's um it's asking a lot of the guys he's done what he did i think he's really safe he's flaws probably someone like josh jacobs david montgomery i think he's a lock to be a top 15 running back in dynasty to begin with um what do you think matt yeah fully agree he's my rb too he's got everything going from him the the, the obvious thing that, that katie mentioned it's that receiving that's the only question mark but i believe that the system that it was in it didn't really utilize the fact that they, they needed to throw in the ball and and, and with that you've, you've then got to take that that potential risk and, and i truly believe that he can catch the ball he, he can he's more he's more adequate than than what we're giving him credit for in terms of, of catching the ball and and depending on where he lands we're going to be able to see that that he can actually catch the ball do things with the ball in his hands and um yeah overall really exciting a guy that i believe has that true three down three down potentially in the NFL um, landing spot. With, with, with running backs, it tends to be the, the key thing, get that that landing spot. And, and if he can be used in, in that three down role, he's, he's going to feel like an absolute steal at, at the 103 in your, in your rookie drafts. Indeed. And we're, we're going to keep flying through the draft. We're, we've got the 104 next. I know this pick of Matt's, it's going to go down. <clears throat> it's going to go down well with Katie, but actually she'll also <laughs> be a little bit fuming that she's been sniped as well. So uh, who have you got the 104, Matt? 
Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It felt great to to make this pick, knowing that we had Katie on the on the show. It's Trail on Burks, and I mean, I feel like a little bit of a con man, so I'm not going to say too much about Trail on Burks. We obviously spoke about him in his in his last episode, but when we've got a, a Razorback fan on the show. I mean, I, I've got to do justice and, and really let Katie have, have the most things to say about Traylon Burks. I absolutely love him. I think that the upsides, it's definitely there for him. I know people are going to say there's another a wide receiver in this class that's probably a little bit more safe, but I think Burks, he's the one with that upside. So, Katie, I'm not going to say too much more about it. I'm just going to say, what would you consider a, a successful rookie season for Burks? Do you think he can be top 24? And I mean, just, just give us a little bit more information on Burks. You've seen you've seen him first, and obviously me and Kev from, from the other side of the pond, we don't have that that luxury so i mean i've got to let you do do the talking on burks katie right so first off we'll pick suey uh it's very rare that we get a a wide receiver that is being talked about in the round one of the nfl draft and he's probably going to go mid round one he's a big kid 6'3 225 his hands didn't measure quite as big as everybody was making him out to be he doesn't have those 11 inch hands but he still has over 10 inch and very special guy now he didn't test as well at the combine so he's been dinged a little bit for that i'm not as concerned i've watched he's got football speed he's a football player i would have liked to have seen kendall bryles develop him more as a wide receiver running traditional routes he did a lot of just get the ball in his hands and let him be the athlete however he still averaged 16.4 yards per attempt his entire career as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, every single year recorded over 16 yards per catch. So it's not, I mean, his that speaks to how dominating he is once he gets that ball in his hands. And even though he may have some shorter routes, he extends them every time. And the nice thing that I like about him, he's a hardworking guy that keeps his nose clean. He's not a troublemaker. I think he's going to be that NFL lunch pail type of guy give me the ball mentality, and he will learn and grow into his role. As far as what do I see in his rookie season, if he does, you know, fantasy is a game of weeks, not, uh, you know, top 24 finish for the year. What does that look like? 14 points per game would put him at uh, wide receiver 24, which, by the way, would have been DK Metcalf last year. So that's really not high of an expectation. That would be a good one that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. DK Metcalf had just under a thousand yards with 12 touchdowns and 129 targets. So I think Traylon Burks could easily fall in that kind of range, just under a thousand yards with depending on the team, how many targets and touchdowns, but he is capable. And I think that would be a very decent rookie season. Yeah, he's, he's very, very, very uh, tantalising guy, and I think, I think the community's been overthinking it a little bit. He was one of the high, high-end wide receiver ones in in Devi before this season. Uh, we talked him up a little bit, previewing the season as well. So I think people are overthinking dropping him out of the top five, top six. I've seen some people doing that. He's uh, our wide receiver one as a consensus. I'm really low on him. He's my wide receiver too, but um, it's only by a smidgen to uh, a guy I might be picking a little bit, but. Uh, thinking of and keeping it on the high upside uh, wide receiver theme, we've got your next pick here at the 105. Sure. And just by the way, Matt, you didn't break my heart. I actually oh. like it. I like to not pick Traylon Burks intentionally in mock drafts just to see where other people will take him because I don't want to use my own bias. So it's nice to see that others do have him highly regarded. I, I like that. Um, 
this year's bunch of wide receivers, there's about four of them. It could be Traylon Burks. It could be my pick. And there's a couple of other guys that are all right in the same range. I call them boom bust potential day one NFL round one picks. Um, but they, they have some great upside, but they also have some flaws. And Drake London is a pretty close to, I wouldn't say perfect wide receiver because I think that Traylon Burks has a little higher upside, but I kind of picture as Drake, Drake London as kind of Mike Evans light. And by light, I mean, not near the same caliber, six foot five, two ten, three years in the pac 12 at USC averaging 13.5 yards per carry or yards per catch, which isn't bad. It's not great. He's a physical guy. Uh, I think that he's going to make some NFL team happy and hopefully he will be an alpha wide receiver one. I would say by year three, that's my goal is if I can hit on a wide receiver one for their team by year three, that's a good thing. And with the 104, there's not a lot of running backs or even quarterbacks I would consider. So got to go with the wide receiver. Yeah, he's a young guy as well, and he's not played a ton of uh, college ball. So I think there's there's potentially untapped potential that that we may not know about. He, he, we mentioned on the last show that he performed well with it against his teammates who were older than him, um, Michael Pittman, who Mike uh, who Matt likes, and um, the the Sun God Hamara Saint Brown, who I like as well. So he, he did it at a younger age with NFL caliber prospects that are already wide receiver twos in Dynasty. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great pick. He's got a lot of upside. He, he's in our top five, isn't he, Matt? He's in our top yeah. four. So um, they're all bunched together really closely, but it's a great pick here. Yeah, I think you, you can't go too far wrong. Like Katie said, there seems to be a consensus top four or five wide receivers where you can you can have them anywhere you want, really. It's all down to personal preference. Um, personally, I'm shooting for that upside. That's why I picked Burks. But guys like Drake London as well, we know he's got that upside. Um like Kate said, though, we know as well that there's that potential that potential risk there with, with somebody like Drake London. So, um, yeah, I can't really fault the, the pick at 105, and it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. I'm hearing rumours that, that the Jets could be looking at him super early, maybe even that, that first pick that the Jets have got at, at, at pick four. Um, I mean, that, that would wow. be crazy, I think. I know our, our good friend Rich Cullen, he's, he's a Jets fan. I think he'd prefer him to, to get him at that, that second pick in in the first round, but the Jets could be a really interesting landing spot for somebody like Drake London. Indeed, indeed. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where all these guys go. We've got, obviously, Burks at number one, and he might be the fifth guy off the board. And um, we were talking about Burks possibly to the Cowboys as well, so if that happened, mm. Katie, that would be uh, absolutely mega for, for y'all. Jerry already. Jones was a Razorback after all. Mm. <laughs> oh, there might be some smoke there, indeed. So... <laughs> Um, and you mentioned, Matt, that you guys have played for upside with your two wide receiver picks. I've played it a little bit safer. I've uh, took an iron down the fairway using your golf technologies, <laughs> Matt. So uh, I'm taking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, to be honest, I don't see a lot of flaws in his game. I just think he's very good at a lot of things. Um, I love his route running. I love he wins everywhere on the field. Great hands. Um, I see him as a guy that's ready to come in and, and hit the hit the ground running. I think him and Alave are both going to be really solid from the, the beginning early on in the careers. Um, I I like him as a better version of Jerry Judy. So uh, I've spoke about this on the last show, but yeah, Jerry Judy is my comp for him. I think he's slightly better, but I just want to know your thoughts, Katie, on Jerry Judy to uh, Garrett Wilson. Obviously, you're a 
you're the diva of Devi. Um, There's a prospect out of these guys, who would you prefer? And also, who would you take in a start now? Well, it's not going to look like a very good pick right now, but I would take Jerry Judy over Garrett Wilson 100 times out of 100. Um, he's a better, I think, overall player. He broke out younger uh, in that crowded Alabama wide receiver. Now, yes, Ohio State has a very crowded wide receiver group as well, and they keep churning out wide receivers. But I liken Garrett Wilson a little bit more to some of the past Ohio State wide receivers, guys like K.J. Hill and Paris Campbell. I think that Oof. he could he, – yeah, he could very well disappear in the NFL. I think – he proved more at the combine that he's a little bit more of an athlete than I had originally given him credit for. So that's great. It checks the box. But I think that, you know, unless you get that alpha wide receiver one, that's going to put up your fantasy points, he's just going to be an average Joe at the end of the day. I like him, but I think a lot of people like him a lot more than I do. Yeah. Matt, is there any thoughts from you? Cause it sounds like um, I've made a bad pick there. I mean, you, you just caught me off guard as I was just having a little coughing fit. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say Garrett Wilson. I thought he was probably the safer, safer one out of, out of all these wide receivers. Um, Kate obviously sees it different. I mean, that feels spicy that he could fade away in the NFL. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see see how it all plays out. Because I mean, this is a guy that that's been spoken about that's going to go early in that first round of the NFL draft. Um, with that, you tend to get a little bit more confidence in, in guys like this. But I mean, we've seen it before. First round, first round draft capital does not guarantee your success in the NFL. Rager. So, Rager. <laughs> that, yeah. that's just to name one and Keel Harry. I mean, the list goes on. So, um, yeah. And I mean, Nikhil Harry and Jalen Rager were far superior profiles to what Garrett Wilson is. So he can he could, you know, he could surprise any of these guys. Could. That's why I said there's a lot of boom bust potential in this first round and it makes it really hard. There's guys that are, you're going to find in round two that may end up even way better at the end of the day than these guys here in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it depends as well when you're taking these rookies, what you're actually wanting from your, your, your wide receivers. I know that there's a lot of talk in the community that after the first 10 to 12, 15 wide receivers in dynasty startups, from 15 to 40 is very similar. So if you're taking Garrett Wilson, that's somebody in there that you might be able to get lucky on a guy in the late round one, early round two of your rookie draft. So I can see why it, there might be some pause. I'm just probably a little bit higher on that that ceiling of, of, of Wilson. But yeah, he's uh, I, I guess I guess that pick will call the bus pick. But we'll <laughs> we'll keep it on the theme maybe with your next pick, Katie. Well. <laughs> Again, and I'm not thrilled about this pick. I took it because it is super flex. I took Kenny Pickett, uh, quarterback out of Pitt. He's getting a lot of round one buzz, and I think that a lot of people view him as the safest. You want to talk about Garrett Wilson being safe for the wide receivers. A lot of people are giving Kenny Pickett that. 6'3", 220, he's got the good size. He's got wicked tiny hands, though. They don't match the frame. But... You know, five-year, he's he's a little bit on the older side head, heading into the NFL because of the COVID year, and he had two senior seasons, which is fine. Um, there's just – he averaged his adjusted yards per attempt a very weak 7.5. His touchdowns to INT ratio, 81 to 32. That's not a good predictor. But I think that this is where he's going to go in a lot of drafts, and that's why I took him. It wasn't necessarily because I'm in love with him, but the value – I, I got a potential starting quarterback in the NFL 
with as much safety as you can get, I suppose. And with the wide receivers all up in the air, there's no running back that I would take. It's more of a pick of, I had to, I don't like this class in case you hadn't noticed. (laughs) This is a very weak class. And a lot of people have been trying to pump it up in the past couple months. But I think that you're finally going to come back down to uh, reality sometime around September, October, and then we'll be ready for next year's class. Yeah, I must admit, I do like the process of taking the QB2 in this mock draft roundabout this time. Because I think taking a QB in general is a good process in in your rookie drafts. Uh, It's going to sound like sour grapes, but I don't see him as safe. I think he could be... Uh, it could be the biggest bust we've seen since Pamela Anderson in Baywatch, honestly. I think um, QBR rating was 14% IL, um, yards per attempt 21st, breakout age 36th percentile. It's a QBR rating that worries me. There's nobody in my quarterback model that has hit in the NFL that's been below 50 percentile. The, the only guy is a guy actually mentioned earlier on, Josh Allen. So um, on that sort of scale, I think... Me, personally, I wouldn't be trying to banking on an outlier like Kenny Pickett, but um, I do like the process of taking a QB at this point in the draft, especially the QB2. And Well, exactly. I mean, that's the only reason. I think he's got more buzz in NFL top 15 than anybody else besides Malik Willis, and that's the only reason I took him. I really don't like this class (laughs) at all. Um, Kate, I've just got a quick question before you move on. It's something I see all over Twitter with with Pickett. How much do you think his his production in twenty twenty one comes down to to the receiving weapons that he has? Obviously, a guy like is it Addison's getting a lot of buzz yeah. in in the Devon community. How much do you think his his ability leads to to Pickett's success? No, I think that adds a lot to his success. And Addison, if you look at him, is not the greatest wide receiver prospect. He was a compiler. He got a lot of those short passes and turn them into something. And he's he's a good good guy, but um, no, I, I agree. I am certainly, even though I picked him, I'm not high on Kenny Pickett whatsoever. I saw him at the senior bowl alongside with Malik Willis. And I mean, he looks the part he's got good footwork. He's very urgent the way that he moves. It's like, he's got a purpose. So I do like that about him, but that's, that's about it. Oh, I love that. That's, that's you know great. we're in trouble when we've got to the 107 and we're already slamming his own picks. <laughs> sell your draft picks. Sell them all. Yeah, well, it's a hard sell. <laughs> Indeed it is. And uh, the 108, it's, it's Ali's pick at the 108. And I must say this one shocked me a little bit because yeah. this wasn't the highest guy on his wide receiver rankings. <laughs> so I don't know if he, if he just misread it wrong or I just wanted to diversify his risk over a number of drafts. But... Uh, Ali took Chris Alave at the 108. Uh, I touched upon a little bit. I think he'll be a um, a better better guy to start his career in the NFL, and then the others will catch up and overtake him. I think I've got him wide receiver six. Probably you're the same, Matt. Um, anything going to add on Alave? Gonna rinse I mean, Ali with this pick? <laughs> I mean, Alave. He just feels like a guy that's good at a lot of things, but for me, I just don't see that that upside. I mean. I'd love to get Kate's, Kate's opinion on Alave because we've already slammed the guy that everyone thinks is the Ohio State number one wide receiver. So the fact that Ali's took the, the number two guy, I mean, Kate, I'm, I'm interested to know what, you, what your feelings are on, on Alave. I think Alave is a great arbitrage to Garrett Wilson, but not at this price. I would say yeah. early round two, and then I'm in because 
I mean, if you look at them side by side, Olave had an earlier breakout. He stayed for a senior season. A lot of people didn't want him to, didn't think he needed to, uh, but he did put up an extra couple hundred yards, but he's still right in that 15.4 the last two years at 14.4, 14.6 yards per catch. So again, uh, if you ask me who would I rather take, I'm going to take the cheaper of the two, and it should be Olave, but not just two picks later. <laughs> Indeed. I'm, I'm glad that Ali got a bit of stick as well for his pick. <laughs> I'm coming up. We've all done that. Too, and right? he can't even defend himself. Even I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's that's awesome. I think you're right. It's a great arbitrage pick if it was early early round two. Um, you're getting a similar, uh, similar profile, uh, similar background as well. So... Um, I completely agree with that. And now we're going to the 109, which is the pick I thought Ali would have made, which mm-hmm. you've now made, Same. Katie, so it makes it look even better. Yeah, uh, I ran. I, I think that Jamison, wins, uh, Jamison Williams has as much chance to be the wide receiver one of this class when everything is all said and done. The biggest thing with him is you need to get an injury discount because he's not going to hit the ground running. He is going. If you're a dynasty owner that's impatient, don't take him in the top six because you're not going to be patient enough to wait for him to be ready to explode. Those that are patient dynasty owners, if you get him at a discount at the 109 run, don't trade the pick. Don't, don't try to get all fancy. Just go and say thank you because (laughs) he transferred from Ohio state from that crazy busy wide receiver room to the Alabama busy, crazy wide receiver room. And a lot of people say if it wasn't for his injury, Alabama would have won the national championship. I don't know about that. (laughs) The Georgia Bulldogs, I think, were destined to do so. But he had 19.9 yards per catch this year. That's insane. He's fast. He's shifty. He's quick. He, He can catch. I mean, just I love him. And at this price, all day, all day. Yeah, on the last show, I think uh, I spoke quite and being, uh, I, I like him as sort of what we wanted Henry Ruggs to be, probably even a little bit better. Um, just a quick question on on him moving from, from Ohio State. Is that a concern that he couldn't beat out guys like Wilson and Alave, or is it just that nope. sometimes coaches get it wrong and it's that sort of once you're in the lineup, you've, you're sort of there? Sometimes coaches get it yeah. wrong. It's a personality thing. It's whatever... Um, opportunity thing, you get earmarked, pigeonholed, whatever you want to say. And no, with the transfer portal, the way that it is good on the kid to recognize, Hey, I I've got more inside of me to show. And he did. Yeah. It's a great story. What about you? What's your thoughts, Matt? I mean, if you, if you listen to the last show, you know that I absolutely love, I love Williams. And I mean, this is a great pick at, at the 109, like Kate said. I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's, that's got that upside, that the, the, the fact that he's such an athlete, that explosiveness, it's hard not to get excited by Williams and what he can do in the NFL. I mean, I see people talking on Twitter, the Chargers, the Chiefs. I mean, <laughs> if we can get him on one of these kind of offences, then you're going to struggle to hold me back because it could easily go up to my wide receiver one as well. I've got him at wide receiver three, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm like Kate said, I'm taking full advantage. Any, any injury discount that you can get on Williams, then I'm taking full advantage of that because it looks like the NFL, they're not getting a, a discount on injury because I've heard rumours that he's, he's going round one maybe mid round one even earlier if i mean if the chiefs are going to get somebody like williams they're, they're probably gonna have to move up to, to get him so yeah super excited about williams he's the one that probably excites me the most out of out of all of these top wide receivers on on what could be the, the potential that he has but 
Um, yeah, great pick at the 109. And if I can get him at the 109, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm thanking everybody in my league for letting me get him at the 109. Do you think there's any sort of game theory involved in uh, the fact that like your, your late round one players are generally the contenders, uh, unless they've traded the picks? Is, is there sort of a process thinking that if you do like Jameson Williams and you've got an earlier pick in the round to either trade back or trade up to get him rather than reach on him? I would rather... Uh trade up to get him in the 109 rather than try to trade back. I, I, AJ Brown, I loved him as a prospect, as a freshman. I loved him his entire, I pegged him as the wide receiver one of that class when he was just a little kid. And in a rookie draft, I was on the clock. I think it was the 107. It was a little bit earlier than his ADP. And so I figured if I can trade back to like the 110, I can still get my AJ Brown. And this was early in the process. It was like a May draft, like right after the NFL draft. So AJ Brown was consistently going from 110 to uh, 112. And I got a little cute. I traded back three spots and I ended up missing out on A.J. Brown. I should have just stuck and picked him. So if you if you really like Jamison Williams, there's not another Jamison Williams in this class. Don't yeah. get cute. Take your dude. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's exactly it. We say it all the time, don't we, in, in Dynasty and, and Debbie as well. Just get your guys. I mean, it's why we play the game. You, you want to root for the guys that you, you're really excited by. So, yeah, I mean, if I, I'm probably looking at any 107 in in, in the, the upcoming rookie drafts that's when i'm looking to to pull the trigger if i've got the 107 i'm taking there. i'm not getting q i'm not not moving back thinking i can take a chance because this is a guy that i want on my team i know that there's that upside there with with williams so yeah don't don't make the mistake of, of playing it cute trying to move back because it, it can it can burn you yeah i think that's a great tip kate that's a uh, uh, it's a well, it's a great tip. I, I hope nobody's listening in my league and I can <laughs> I can use that to my advantage. But we're now going to move to the one ten uh, for Matt's pick, and I've got to say, Matt, this actually threw me off. I know. I thought I'd get a little bit spicy too, going for a guy that you might not expect. But um, at the one ten, I've gone for Isaiah Spiller, the, the the running back, and I mean, this is a guy that over the the the, the off season, the buzzers it seems to be fading with Spiller. I mean, people were were saying it was a two horse race for the RB one in this class between Brees Hall and and Spiller. But now, just look at where I'm, I'm able to get him in this in this mock draft, the the one ten. Um, you'd be crazy if, if even just a couple of months ago you, you think you could get him at this spot. But um, yeah, taking him at the 110. I mean, Kate was slamming her own picks a little bit early. I'm at the 110. To be honest, I don't feel great about this pick either. Um, I myself have, have soured on him a little bit. He's moved down, not maybe as much as you, Kev. I know you've you've uh, you've banished him. He's, he's slipped way down your he's your gone. rankings. But I've still got him at, at RB3. And we've seen the production that he's had. I mean, I still think he's a really solid running back. I think he can do it all. I think he's a capable pass catcher. And we've seen the production he can he can do running the ball. So on the whole, I think he's solid. It was obviously just that that performance at the combine. It's killed him. Um, didn't really do great. And with that, it's it's affected his draft capital and, and where people are ranking him in terms of fantasy. Um, I feel like in, in NFL circles as well, he seems to be slipping down. Um, not many people are getting too excited by him. But Kate, I'm interested to know. I've been looking at uh, NFL mock draft database. The, the teams, the two teams that seem to be standing out as, as potential landing spots are the Bills and the Dolphins. So, just in in this creative scenario that I, I'm, I'm bringing up here, which of those two do you think would be the best situation for Spiller to, to produce next year and, and moving on? 
I love the pick. I love Isaiah Spiller. And in Debbie, I've got as many shares of him as just about anybody. And so I do hope he gets a good landing spot for him. I would think the Bills, just because they're a better, more complete team, they're going to be ahead. They're going to be able to pound the rock. I think more the way they want to, and you've got a running quarterback in Josh Allen, which will keep people on the toes, keep the gaps a little bit wider. Yeah. Um, they've got just a better overall team. So for chances of his success early, which would lead to fantasy success, I think the Bills. I just thought it was an interesting situation because obviously we know everyone's getting excited by the, the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel going over there. We're all, we're all crazy for this 49ers scheme that, that is going to be bringing over there and, and we're excited by the running backs that, that have got there. But to be honest, he doesn't really fit that mould of guys that succeed in, in those kind of backfields. It's more those quick guys. They've got Raheem Mostert, who was probably one of the quicker running backs in, in the NFL. So he could be a little bit like Trey Sermon maybe when he went over to, <laughs> to the 49ers and, and struggled. Maybe Spiller's more like that. But I'm glad to see, Katie, that you, you quite like this pick. I was, I was ready to, to slam my own pick, but it's good to see that, that his guest uh, approves the pick. Yeah, I'll do the slamming then. Um, yeah, go on, Kev. <laughs> yeah, he, he dropped really far for me, just based on the, the athletic side of things. I think it, the, the fact that he didn't really take hold of the backfield in at Texas a that might be partly down to the coaching scheme that keeps guys fresh, um, but uh, there, was a, there was some research done by a guy called Noah Hill that um, works at Roto Underworld about... Um, teammate scores and how um, Devin O'Shane, I think he's called, he he produced a lot more on his touches than Isaiah Spiller in the same backfield. That just gives me a bit of pause that he never really stood out in his own own team. So, yeah, I probably won't won't be taking him in many, if any, leagues. So that's not going to sit well with you two guys. But we will move on to a pick which sits well with me and sits pretty well with Matt as well at the 111. Who have you got, Katie? I am picking Matt Corral, the quarterback out of Ole Miss. And again, for the value, I think he will be one of the three round one quarterbacks this year. I would be highly surprised if he if he slides into day two, round two. But if he does, then I would expect somebody like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell to take his spot in that first round. But if he does go first round, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly with this kid. My biggest question mark for him last year, when I saw him in full meltdown against Arkansas, throw like five picks in one game with full meltdown, he was slamming his helmet. He was undressing his coaches and his players and everything was everybody else's fault, except for his own. Last year, he had, uh, 10.1 adjusted yards per attempt, but he was 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. This year he came back and he was a little more mature, but his dinking and dunking passes, he wasn't throwing the ball as much downfield. So that showed up in his stats, but it also showed up in his TD to INT ratio, 20 to five instead of 29 to 14. So he did improve in one category, but his yards per attempt went down to 9.1. I don't think he's a complete quarterback. I still question his head and will he have those hissy fits again? Does he have the work ethic to really be a starter in the NFL? It takes a lot to be a starter as a quarterback. And on average, only two per year make it. And so we may only have three that go in round one this year. I'm going to say Matt Corral at the 11th. Again, just good value. 
Yeah, I'd agree with great value at the at the end of the first Fenny round one QB. It's a good process to do that. Um, I like the guy. I just there's it's an incomplete picture to me, and with that with that risk, it's also potential for reward as well. So that's why I like to sort of dive in and take a punt at this pick. Um, I think he's really raw. He's plenty of growth. Um, I've comped him to a Zach Wilson type pick last year, where he could he could be mega. He could be. Uh, it could be a not mega as well, so a lot of risk attached, but uh, lots of promise. I don't really know who he's the QB. If he's shown a bit of rushing upside, he's shown the big arm, he's shown that he can dink and dunk, like you mentioned. I just don't know what his, um, I guess, what his identity is really. So, um, that's my thoughts, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you've just comped into to Zach Wilson. I mean, my comp a bit vanilla ice cream, just just <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty bland. I mean, nothing nothing too exciting, but I mean, it does the job. It's ice cream at the end of the day. So. Vanilla's my favourite flavour as well. <laughs> oh, that just says it all about you, Kev. That says more about you than it than it does the statement. But yeah, just, I mean, just solid. Yeah, nothing really like jumps out, gets me super excited. But I think that the theory in taking a quarterback late on, I mean, all these picks are risky now when you get into... To the latter part of your rookie pick zone, super flex. I mean, you've got to shoot for that upside, aren't you? If you can land and, and hit the nail with with a quarterback, then you've got you've got the biggest return on 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 what you paid when you're going for those quarterbacks. So the the pick completely makes sense to me at one eleven, and and can ruin your pick, Kev. But you've done the same thing, and and I mean, it's, it's perfect game theory when it comes to your rookie drafts and super flex going for those quarterbacks. And like Kate said, if this guy can get that that round one draft capital, that's when you start feeling a little bit more confident about your selection. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see him creep up maybe a, a couple of spots in, in rookie drafts if he does get that that day one round one draft capital and, and lands in a good situation where he can succeed. But yeah, there's still definitely question marks with, with Matt Corral and, and the other quarterbacks as well that we've not spoke about. Um, overall, it's just a really rough quarterback class. I mean, we, we weren't too excited about the guy that's the QB1 in the class. So <laughs> the fact that we're down to QB3, QB4, yeah, it's, it's, there's risk involved, but... Um, the upside in Superflex, it's it's still there for, for getting value. Indeed. So Katie's made all of her picks. I think me and me and you, Matt, were both in agreement. She's absolutely smashed it. Um, I messed up my yep. picks. Ali's uh, done terrible as well. But I'm coming on to <laughs> my final pick now at the 112. I think um, it might be a bit of a frosty reception, but we'll go with it anyway. I'm taking. <laughs> I'm actually taking a guy here that I personally, if he gets first. First round draft capital, I would have took him at the 106. The reason I didn't is because I know Matt's feelings. I also listened to a really nice podcast called the UTH Dynasty podcast with some <laughs> pretty decent hosts That's over there. That's a pretty, good, pretty uh, good podcast, that. Uh, yeah, Katie and Chad absolutely smashed it over there. Um, and they did a, a, a rookie mock draft recently. So I know this guy was faded a little <laughs> bit in that, which made me chuckle. Um, but yeah, I'm taking 112 Desmond Ridder QB. Uh, if he gets. Uh, round one draft capital, it'd be my QB2 just based on that type of profile. It's similar to Malik Willis, he's not as athletic, although he's super athletic 99%. I think 40 yard dash, but um, I think he's a better passer than Malik Willis. There's no, no doubt about that for me. I think he's got a great character, he's been touted as a leader, etc. Um, a franchise elevator, and I just think the the likelihood of him sticking around in the NFL is pretty big. I think that even if he does flame out a little bit, he's going to stick around as a backup, whereas someone like Malik Willis, who I would peg him in that same tier, if he does get round one draft capital, uh, Ridder, then I can see him flaming out a lot quicker. So I'm taking Ridder. I think he's got massive upside. I'd love to um, <laughs> I'd love to get your thoughts, Katie, because in that mock draft, he went mid-second. It was your QB5 between you and Chad. So 
Um, he's my QB too. What would he need to do or what would need to happen in the world for him to be your rookie QB two post-draft? Change his name, change his size, <laughs> change his stats. Uh, it, there's nothing that he could do right now uh, to be my RB2, I mean my QB2. This class stinks, and I think he's just as smelly as the others. Um, <laughs> I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He's got a very long, loopy arm uh, bringing the ball back and and his release is not all that quick. He looked like a toothpick out there on the field compared to some of the others. You know, at least Sam Howell is stocky. He's thick. Um, Malik Willis is thick. Desmond Ritter is a toothpick uh, along with Carson Strong, both too tall, drink of water. Uh, but now nah, he, he's, he's had some decent moments. I think he's a career backup. I mean, we call those a clipboard clipboard holder he'll make a mighty fine clipboard holder in the nfl matt do you want to save me <laughs> i mean it was just funny i could just see katie struggling to think of any kind of nice words to say then about that about that pick kev i mean i think there's, there's upside there with with Ridder. um if he can go in in round one that's like we've said with uh with corral if he can get that that round one draft capital that's when i start to feel a little bit more confident about him um, you spoke about Kev franchise lifter. I mean, what he did over at Cincinnati, he gave them their best best season ever in, in terms of college football. So, I mean, the guy's a leader. He's shown that. Katie mentioned it at the start. It's what, what's between the years when it comes to quarterbacks. It's, it's why we always rule with quarterbacks in fantasy. We never seem to to get it right. But, I mean, this is a guy that, that's carried that team, led them to success um, in college. So, I mean, at least you feel like he's he's got that going for him. So, I mean, I can see some some potential upside with Ridder, but... Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, on what happens in a, in a few days' time at the, the NFL draft. I'll tell you what, Kate, we'll have a pint bet, Ridder versus Pickett, <laughs> dynasty career. <laughs> well, I, I, I think what, they're what? all going to flame out, so they're going to end up in the same spot. I really don't... We'll be buying each other a pint. What do you drink? <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to take that bet because I don't have any strong feelings for Kenny Pickett whatsoever. <laughs> other than love his it. draft capital that i expect yeah love it that, that's great it's perfect end to the uh the round one rookie mock draft um mate you're doing two bad picks uh getting absolutely <laughs> rinsed by both of you but uh, we're now going to come on to the wild card selection where we're going to get kate to pick out one player that she believes will be their fantasy uh, her, her fantasy wild card uh, a guy that will see his dynasty value improve the most in 2022 so We'll pass it over to you, Kate. Use your wild card selection, please. I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. Uh, he's got a new quarterback there in Denver. He's healthy. He's a good guy. I've met him. He's a good guy. He's a hardworking guy. And, yes, I know he's a little bit on the older side. And he came out on the older side. So he's only been in the league a few years, but it seems like he's been there forever. Yeah, I mean, he had a really – he struggled for that for that first rookie season, but then he finished uh, wide receiver nineteen that that second season. So we know that there's upside there with with Sutton, and, and this is with a guy that's that's not had the greatest selection of quarterbacks throwing the ball. He's now got Russell Wilson, a guy that 
that is one of the, the better quarterbacks we've seen in the NFL period. So it's really exciting for Colton Sutton. And I think it's a logical thing to go for a guy like this. When we, we talk about people that we think are going to break out, the, the key thing you look for is a improvement in situation or improvement in quarterback play. And I mean, he's got that in uh, in getting Russell Wilson quarterback. And as well with the Titan, Noah Fant moving on, kind of opens up maybe potentially a few more targets for him as well. So I think this is a great selection of guy that can definitely see an improvement in his in his dynasty value. Um, I'm interested to know, Katie, what, what do you think his ceiling could be now with, with Russell Wilson over there? I've just said he finished uh, wide receiver 19 is, is his best finish so far. Do you think he can repeat that? Do you think he can better that? Um, what, what do you think his upside is now with Russell Wilson? I think he can better that. Uh, but wide receivers, man, so much happens. It depends on their health. And I think the team itself is poised to move the ball and move the ball a lot. They've got a great defense. They're going to get some good looks in the red zone more than a lot of teams. And with Russell Wilson at the helm, he's a smart guy. I wanted to say Jerry Judy, but I didn't want to jinx the guy. So, uh, and, and it could be Tim Patrick. Somebody from the Denver Broncos is going to be, um, I am saying I did put my pin in, in Corlin Sutton, and I do think that he will be the wild card selection, but it's it's very close. It's going to be somebody from the Broncos. If he does go, let's say, top five, top ten in as a wide receiver next year, I don't think that's going to boost his value beyond round two, round three of a startup draft just because he got that big 2023 class coming in, and it is sensational. A lot of people have been hyping it up. But I don't consider it hype if you can back it up. And there's yeah. a lot of players in next year's class that will be able to back it up. And so I like between the other guys that are developing, you got Jamar Chase and Jefferson and, and a bunch of running backs from the last few classes coupled with what's coming in next. I don't see the room for Cortland Sutton to be much more than a round two, round three startup pick. Yeah, I think first of all, Russell Wilson coming in is absolutely massive for him. Just the the way that he blends well with uh, Wilson's deep ball, it's going to be something he's not had before. I'm thinking about guys like Drew Lock was his best best season. Um, yeah, really like Colton Sutton. He was actually a wild card selection on last season's uh, on last season's. Show. I think it was Dave Wright who actually picked yep. him on that. Who's also a smart dude. So you're in good company there, Katie. I think. I really like Cortland Sutton, but it's that age factor. It's the fact that the 23 class is, is awesome that um, I don't know how high he can get move if he has a perfect season. I think he has got a top five season in his range of outcomes, actually, but I'm not sure how high he would rise. Would he be a wide receiver too? He'd start probably, I would say, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess my question is, if, if Sutton does absolutely have an amazing season, he is the wild card. He smashes it. What would be your move? What would be your pivot in dynasty to sort of add value to your roster? Would you look at the rookies? Would you look at a, a lower ranked guy that's going to potentially improve? Maybe Jerry Judy, if it happens. I don't know. I like to take an asset like that and trade for a wide receiver that has as much upside, but maybe is being undervalued by the, by the community and then get, if I could get a 23 rookie first plus that other player, I would do that in a heartbeat. Smashing. Great advice. Thank you very much for that, Katie. So that brings us to the end of the show where we've completed our 
pre-draft rookie mock draft. So before you go, Katie, please let the audience know where they can find you and anything you'd like to share or plug. Sure. So I'm on under the helmet, uthdynasty.com. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Schuyler 399. And besides the uh, charity streamathon that I've got coming up, I'm also part of the Debbie Huddle event for raising money for the people of Ukraine. Brandon Lejeune has done a great job. The Debbie Summit is a little under a month from now, and they're going to be streaming a whole bunch of Debbie great Debbie Mines. I will be there as well, trying to help uh, support. <laughs> and uh, just, I'm, this is the time of year with the NFL draft where I'll be on several different other shows, talking rookies, talking Debbie. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity. I love talking football and I appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. That's great. Thank you very much, Katie. And Matt, I'll pass it to you. Any closing thoughts from yourself for our wrap up? Yeah, I just want to start by saying thank you so much, Katie, for, for coming on. I'm going to be on. You're probably my favorite guest that I think we, we've ever had on the show. It, it, thank it, you. It, That's it, high praise. Get, no, honestly, it's been great. It's funny that this is the final show for the NFL draft, and we pretty much just just slammed the entire classroom <laughs> from the mid from the mid rounds on with in, in this mock draft. But now it's been it's been great having you. I'm really interesting to see your thoughts. Obviously, somebody that I'm hugely admiring in the Debbie community. So for you to to give us your insight, it's been fantastic having you on. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great that we've been able to slam Kev's picks, slam Ali's picks, slam his own picks. It's even our a, own picks. Exactly, even <laughs> his own picks. So it's been a a lot of fun, and and it set us up quite nice for the NFL draft. Hopefully. Come, come next week when we drop his next show, we can get excited about about what's just happened in the NFL draft. Indeed. Just uh, just echo what Matt said. Thank you for coming on, Katie. You've been awesome. It's been a little bit uncomfortable with some of my picks, but that's actually <laughs> the fun of it as well, to see the other side, and it helps everybody grow and develop. But um, to, to spend a, an afternoon with a Dynasty legend, not you, Matt, <laughs> um, it's been it's been really nice. Obviously, you're really well respected. You've played dynasty a lot longer than me, so um, yeah, you've, you've got me. Give me some food to thought about some of my selections. Uh, maybe I won't change because I'm stubborn, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, it is the last show before the draft, so landing spot and draft capital are going to be massive to finish the the final piece of the puzzle. Um, one thing I want to share was knowing about your draft room, I thought I was being pretty smart, knowing that you guys wouldn't take rid of it, actually, maybe um, that wasn't a smart thing to do. <laughs> but I do think it helps when you know your audience, you can you know the right spots to get your guy. Just don't trade down too far and miss your AJ Brown. And then just lastly on the Debbie Summit, it's, at Debbie Summit, it's the 22nd of May. It's actually the day after the yep. charity streamer fund for us. So that's going to be... Busy weekend. I'm sure we'll be struggling to get through after 16 hours <laughs> on the Saturday, but on the Sunday, I'm definitely going to be checking out, and everybody should check it out. It's going to be a fantastic event and a very worthy cause as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Also, leave a five star podcast review if you've enjoyed the show today. I have, uh, and this really helps with getting exposure to a wider audience in the community. So, um, next show, it will actually be recapping the NFL draft mm. from a dynasty perspective. It's come around so quick. It will be nice just to see where everybody's ended up. But yeah, thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.